0: Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non religious, agnostic, or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore? This podcast exists in that space between all in or all out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Welcome to Challenging Christianity. This is Rebecca Kinnistran and Daniel Dadashi. Pastor Katie McCollum-Soxy is with us. And today we're going to be talking about Lent. Lent, Lent. Yeah. all things Lent. Don't change that dial because it's going to be fascinating. A couple of uh, little uh, housekeeping things. Please write into us, Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking, what you'd like us to talk about, anything uh, that you find of importance. Go to the Holy Spirit Lutheran Church Kirkland website um, to find more of this type of theology. We've got all kinds of sermons and uh, lessons and all kinds of things there that might be of interest to you. So, Pastor Katie, well, this is going to be the Lent Who, What, When, Where, How. <laughs> Lent 101. Lent, what a weird thing. Like, I know. Why is it called Lent anyway? See, now you ask me a question I don't know. <laughs> right at right right the gate the with back. the obscure... <laughs> I know right out the gate with the etymology. I mean, it's weird, Lent. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, what, you know, I the... honestly, I didn't look that part up. I, okay, I have somebody to Somebody
0: Google that. Somebody right Google now. it, yeah, and, and figure it out. Okay, so when? Let's go back. Yeah. When, so, when. When so when? So Lent.
2: So Lent is. Um... Oh, I can I can actually answer the first question. Oh, great! Oh, oh, well, all, right, all right, all right. Do it, um, Daniel. Is the forty-day period is called Lent after an old English word meaning lengthen? This is because Ah, of the time of year when it happens, as this is when days start to get longer as we approach summer.
0: I knew that, actually. I had heard that long ago. But anyway, thank you. Okay. Google for the wind. Also, just a reminder of how much of our traditions are based on, like,
1: the northern hemisphere and western Mm -hmm. Europe and Mm -hmm. stuff. Because, you know, in some parts of the globe, it's not lengthening. Anyway.
0: It's not. um... No. Mm
1: -mm. (laughs) Yeah. So, Lent is the... 40 days before Easter although caveat um, Lent is actually 46 days this is one of my favorite like Lent and trivia uh, bits because the Sundays of Lent don't count as Lent so hmm. um uh, Sundays are always considered a celebration of Jesus' resurrection even in the even in the season of Lent we do things a little differently on Sundays during Lent than the rest of the year there's some like for example we refrain from using the word alleluia um, oh no, I just said it during the uh And uh, we hang on to that. We put it away until Easter. So it could kind of be this extra fun celebration of Easter. But um, so it's actually, if you count from Ash Wednesday, which is the first day of Lent through Easter, you'd say, wait a second, there's not 40 days in here. There's 46 days. And mm-hmm. that's because the Sundays are like a little pause.
0: Um, in the season so, of Lent. so let's, let's really back it up for folks who don't, maybe have any background, um, Ash Wednesday, what's that? Yeah, Ash Wednesday, I mean, the church year is organized um, not by
1: the the calendar, the January through December calendar that we're used to in the Western world anyway, um, but by seasons. And so the season of Lent starts with Ash Wednesday, um, and this that ushers in this whole, the, the idea of the season, which is at least historically really around repentance and um, change of heart and change of behavior and, and an awareness of our mortality. So Ash mm-hmm. Wednesday is this very somber day. We mark ourselves with ashes as a symbol of, um, of our mortality. We say to one another, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Uh, and it's not supposed to be morbid, <laughs> like uh-huh. everything is terrible. Um, we could talk more about, I think, some ways that Lent has gotten a little too morbid uh, over church yeah. history, but it's it's really a reminder just of the fundamental truth: like life doesn't go on forever. So what does it mean if, when we're aware of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a Wednesday, I, I think, solely because if you start, if you go move backward from Easter and you go back forty days minus the Sundays,
0: you end up on a Wednesday. So I see. Um,
1: it, the timing of it all actually hinges on on
0: Easter. and so That's it doesn't have to do with thing. the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert. Well, there's all
1: kinds of 40s. Yeah. Yeah, I think so I I did look up a little bit of the history of why is it 40 days and why is when did when did Lent start? When do we become aware of Ash Wednesday? And like a lot of things um a lot of traditions, you know, nobody necessarily marks them when they start uh because they don't become traditions until you look
0: back been and done say, a while. "Oh, we've been doing this for a while."
1: <laughs> but um But there is some note in like the 300s around, I think, the Council of Nicaea, which is in 325. There's reference to the the practice of of Lent. So somewhere in the early church, there became Mm. this practice. And why is it 40 days? Again, I'm not sure anybody ever wrote that down, but there are lots of 40s in the Bible. So there's the 40 days Jesus is in the wilderness. There's the 40 years that the Israelites are in the wilderness. Um, So Mm -hmm. you've got... Yeah, forty is a significant biblical number, and I'm sure that that's particularly Jesus' sojourn in the wilderness is is a big reason why Lent hmm. is that
0: that length. And so, in the ashes on Ash Wednesday, that am I correct in saying that that's the palm fronds from Palm Sunday? So we have to is back right. it up a little bit we have to back it up to the year about. before. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, so. So that's one of my favorite things actually is is um the fact that when we mark ourselves with these ashes, we're using like the leftovers of this old parade. And so you're seeing that story of how Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem and we're gonna we'll mark that, as you said, Rebecca, on Palm Sunday, which is the start of Holy Week the week before Easter. Um so we take Jesus comes into the city and people are super excited, like, yay, he's here, our Messiah, our savior. And within just a few days, they're calling for him to be crucified. Um, that's probably it was a whole Twitter other back podcast. Then too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the my, mob my mentality is real, y'all. Um, <laughs> right. Been real it's for ancient. a long time. Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, so, so there's that um, again. That even that reminder of Jesus' mortality. That things can change so quickly in our lives. Like you can go from triumph to to utter despair in a really short period of time. And so we we burn those palms and we use those ashes to remind ourselves, you know, that look, our lives are like that too. We too can go from the top of the mountain to the very deep valley just, you know, just in a second. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are the ashes that we use.
0: So the Ash Wednesday starts this time of Lent. And Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, it was always, okay, it's Lent, you have to give something up. Yeah. Give up something like cookies or right. something as a child that you really want, and you can't eat that for this time frame and as a as a Catholic, we couldn't eat meat on fridays, sure yeah um some do some do that all year round, but we particularly in Lent could not
1: yeah, and that again if you're if you're thinking about Lent in connection with Jesus' time in the wilderness. Then that story in the Gospels tells us that Jesus was fasting while he was in the wilderness. So um, I think part of that tradition of giving things up, particularly like the extra delicious or fun things, you know, Mm -hmm. um, is meant to be a way of connecting to Jesus' sacrifices and Jesus' experience in the wilderness. Sometimes I think it, it just sort of becomes another extension of like diet culture you know, right. Oh, okay. I'm going to give up. I'm finally going to give up snacks or whatever, but Sugar or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Originally the idea was to, to connect to that capacity. Jesus had to refrain from making himself the center of everything, you know, to mm. be willing to let go of everything all the way to his life, you know? And I mean, just giving up cookies, connect us to Jesus' crucifixion. <laughs>
0: Maybe not, but it, it's, it, but... well, it's a daily, you know, yeah, I think yeah. that the thing is, is that every day, if you give up something that you do every day, or maybe not giving up, because as we grow older, then it was like, let's, what are we going to do in this mm-hmm. service season? So doing right. something for others. Um, But it, it had that daily reminder that this was a, it was definitely a different time in my house. It was, different every day was a bit of a reminder and if you weren't reminded from the thing you did then mom and dad were reminding you in some capacity at dinner or what have you Yeah. How about you Danielle? What was your experience?
2: Growing up so I I worked grew up in a mixed faith household. So my mom would recognize lent but my dad was um uh Muslim so uh, he did not recognize lent. So it was very much left up to the kids to decide whether or not we were going to give something up. And then once you get older, you know, you're giving up cleaning your room and trying to take the system. <laughs> um, but I I do remember hearing, um, I, gosh, I might have been my small group leader, Nancy, but um, I remember an adult when I was in upper elementary or middle school telling me that we give stuff up all the time in our lives to, to make ourselves feel better about things, kind of mm. harkening back to that diet culture comment. And that if you're giving something up for Lent, you should think about the money you usually spend on that. Maybe you should donate that to to mm. charity. Maybe if you're giving up soda, you should add up how much you usually spend on soda and donate that to a food pantry. So you aren't saving money and doing something <clears throat> you're meant to be doing all year long. But there is a little element of sacrifice in it. Mm-hmm. So that's the always oh, the thing I, I took away. And I also remember many years ago I went to um, a Holden Village May Youth Weekend and they gave us this book called Way to Live and it had all these like stories from high schoolers. I think Pastor Katie might have planned this event. I, I did. <laughs> I, I, I was like <laughs> that's
1: the one I planned Daniel. It <laughs> made oh a huge gosh. impact
2: on me. I read that I read that book back to front many times and I still remember one particular story Um, About a girl who, for Lent, gave away one object every day. And her goal was to give it to someone she knew if she could. So there was a personal connection. And she wanted to give away objects that she liked, not garbage. And um, so Lent, so she talked about how her room slowly got... um, Uh, less and less full of the things she thought she loved and more and more empty and ready for her to make new memories and to think about her life differently and were these things helping her or holding her back. And that Mm. made a huge impact on me. So I did have a Lent where I gave something away every day. And I always... I think of that, that book and that Holden Village May oh Weekend that was organized by someone who did a great job. And now You're I work there. in ministry. Yeah. I know. You've I'm made there. a
0: difference, Pastor Katie. Well done. I'm going to quit right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that though, Danielle, that idea of giving things up to make room for something. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful image of anytime we make sacrifices, you know, the, the things that you think you have to have. And when you realize maybe you don't, like what else is possible? Mm -hmm. Um, that's a really life-giving image of sacrifice that I don't think we
0: hear a lot. So yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, and of course, the other
2: thing I always, I always equate with Lent would be Mardi Gras, which is like, I guess (laughs) the exact opposite, which I just had a high school youth group and one of the kids was like, I heard Mardi Gras is Lent. Can we do that? And I was like, well,
0: (laughs) what's the history there? Was it meant to be, or was it coincidence?
1: No, I mean it's definitely the whole Mm -hmm. idea of it is like go crazy before Lent. As far as I I see, oh right, right. Get Mm -hmm. if you're gonna give stuff up for Lent, then like just
0: have a huge party. Yeah, the big binge Mm -hmm. before the the cleanse. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that in the medieval times that this was a really sparse time of year. I mean, some really harsh things probably. Uh, well,
1: and see, I was thinking about that yesterday, getting, you know, thinking about Lent for this podcast and just, you know, what, if if I was explaining Lent to like an alien, right? Like someone who had no context for any, uh, no cultural context and had never heard of the word, whatever. What would I say the theme of Lent is? And I think the sort of the popular idea or concept of Lent is that like this time of kind of somber um, like self-hatred almost, you know, or mm. feeling, feeling bad. You should feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that it's unfortunately, guilt time. yeah, guilt. Yeah. Like you are mm. dust and you just this time, then you're
2: okay. Yeah, all the rest of the year, yeah. yeah. give up everything you love, <laughs>
1: right? store it all up for Easter and then eat all your girl, girl scout cookies. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, cause I think that's unfortunately how we often think of repentance. Like repentance, means you feel bad for stuff the word repentance in Greek really means like physically to turn 180 degrees and go the other direction. So you, that might start because you feel bad, but it doesn't, it's not just the feeling bad part that matters. It's the, like, how do you actually turn yourself and go a different mm. way? Which maybe Danielle's connecting to your story about this girl who gave stuff away. It wasn't, it didn't end there. The idea was, oh, I'm, I'm realizing like there's new possibilities because I'm doing this. And mm. so I guess I think, in some ways Lent has taken on this idea of this very somber, painful, sacrificial season and we're missing out on some of the the beauty and the joy of that simplicity and having this distinct time to kind of focus and think and reevaluate a little bit. It
0: reminds me a lot of when we talk about um, Advent because mm-hmm. we talk about going deep into the darkness and reflection and so on. And so it seems like throughout the, Calendar year of the church calendar. There are these times peppered in for reflection.
2: For me, this is the hardest time of year to live in the Pacific Northwest.
0: But Jesus was in the Mediterranean. I mean, I know it is another is another side that like
2: these church traditions like really favor those of us who live in the north.
0: Yeah, pretty much. What was I before we started the episode? Danielle, you were talking about this two-minute video you showed the youth group. Do you want to yeah. summa- summarize that?
2: It was uh, It's a Busted Halo video, which is a, a Catholic organization that does um, lots of quick videos and, and um, for uh, mostly college-age students. It's kind of the targeted demographic. But uh, it was a Lent in two minutes, and they have a new video, Lent in three minutes, because they figured, I guess, after a couple years of their old video, they were like, I think we've got more to say. Um <laughs> But it's kind of one of those word graphic art uh, videos that shares all these facts about Lent and and what people do and um, what Lent is in three quick minutes. So if you don't have time for this whole podcast, watch (laughs) that. But it is interesting. It doesn't completely line up with everything that we do um, because there's slightly different traditions between the Catholic and Lutheran churches. But a lot of it is the same. They also have a video of a um, priest going out on the street interviewing people and asking um, what Lent means to them and what they gave up this year, which is always interesting to see. Um, You're see, to you see the panic on their faces as they try to come up with an idea.
0: Well, Lent also includes the Holy Week, and the Holy Week is the right. week before Easter, right? And so I right. don't want to skip over that. You know there's a lot that happens in Holy Week that I didn't even know until I was an adult that goes on. And so what is the start of Holy Week? What are the days? What's significant about each one of those days?
1: So Holy Week starts with the Sunday before Easter, which is Palm Sunday. And that is the story of Jesus coming into the city of Jerusalem and being waved in like a triumphant parade. And, you know, those are the palms that we're later going to burn for, um, for the next Ash Wednesday. How, but
0: the, do they, how do they know who Jesus is? How, you know, why oh, is he such a
1: celebrity then? Yeah. In the Gospels by that time, um, you know, he's been around doing stuff publicly for a couple years, two, three years, three years. And people his reputation has spread. So he's healed people. He's um, confronted authorities. He's fed people, right? He's welcomed children. He's done all kinds of stuff. So he has a positive reputation among some people and a negative reputation sort of among the, the powerful people. But he's definitely known. He's a known factor, and so um, and he's been kind of out in the countryside doing stuff. So when he comes into town, it's a big deal. And some of it is people thinking, um, okay, if this is the Messiah, then their one of their hopes for a Messiah is that this person would overthrow the corrupt and um, cruel <laughs> Roman government and put them in power. So they have real. You know, this isn't all just like in their heads that this person will get us into heaven. Like this is, this is really a um, practical. They they want their lives to be changed by this person. Um, so, so it starts with Palm Sunday, and that's the the day we we tell we kind of reenact this parade for years and years. When at least when I was a kid, that's all Palm Sunday was. It was you know from beginning to end. You had the, the procession, and I remember waving palms. And we'd have those little palms, like stick, long kind of stick palms. Totally. And then the whole service, my you'd brothers and I would them. try to be poking each other with them. Totally whipping them and tickling us, your like, tickling. Yeah, Potential mm-hmm. eye injury Sunday. And totally. then you'd fold them, <laughs> fold them into crosses, you know, mm-hmm. At some point, and I don't know when, at some point, I think church people decide, uh, like, you know, de- denominational publishing houses decided that, um, you know, a lot of people don't show up for the midweek services. So they just go from Palm Sunday to mm-hmm. Easter Sunday Easter, and they mm-hmm. don't hear the whole story. So um, it became Palm Passion Sunday and we tried to cram it all into one day. But um, if you follow the traditional pattern, you would have Palm Sunday and then you would have uh, Monday Thursday, which the word Maundy comes from a Latin, mandat, mandate or like mandate where we get that word. So it means command. And it's focused on the two commandments that Jesus gave One is to love one another as I have loved you, um, which is from the Gospel of John. And the way Jesus showed that love in that Gospel was to wash his disciples' feet. So that was a big symbol. So that's what we do that in that service, wash feet and sometimes hands.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: And then to, um, to share the meal, the Lord's Supper. So those are the two things we really focus on on Thursday.
0: Friday, Good Friday, is the
1: story of Jesus'
0: crucifixion tell everybody why it's good when it's an actual I bad know. thing I know, a kind of bad thing.
1: Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> wasn't good for Jesus, um, but the <laughs> idea the idea is that in this oh, that's probably a whole podcast probably the probably those 3 days or a whole podcast in of those cells, but you know, the yeah. idea is that in that act that that refusal to seek revenge or to respond mm-hmm. to violence with violence um that that ability Jesus had to go all the way into the worst awful thing that any of us could experience, which is a awful, awful death, that we see the depth of the love of God. And that is good. Um, oh. I think, I think I'm giving you the progressive um, version mm-hmm. of that. I think the traditional version would be Jesus' death was a ransom for our sins. Um, yeah. And that's good. So right. we could have, maybe we should have an atonement podcast. If okay. if Lent if Lent is not nerdy enough for you folks, <laughs> right. come back, come back atonement. for atonement podcast. At- oh wow, which what might be much more interesting than that word sounds. Anyway, um, yeah. so that's Good Friday. Holy Saturday is this kind of pause. Jesus is in the tomb. Some traditions have a vigil that night, um, a vigil service, and then of course Easter Sunday. So that's that's
0: Holy Week. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And Good Friday, you know that uh, my husband's from Sweden and he says they call it Long Friday. And he was the one, he's always like, why do you call it good? That doesn't make sense, you know? But some people call it Terrible Friday. Yeah. So it kind of has. It it suffers from
2: branding issues. It has (laughs)
0: real branding (laughs) issues.
2: Good, long, terrible Friday. But in general.
0: In general, it says it led to the resurrection of Jesus yeah. and his victory over death and so right. on.
2: Yeah, it's good
0: mm-hmm. in the long term.
1: I saw just this week, I was looking at, you know, dip, what different churches do and, and trying to steal stuff, right? Steal ideas. Um, but uh, yeah. I saw a church somewhere in the Midwest that does, they had their whole Holy Week um, calendar out. And they had um, they had Monday listed as Table Turning Monday. And they encourage people to do acts of advocacy and justice on that day. And that's because in the Gospel of John, yeah, excuse me, in some of the Gospels, Jesus turns those, you know, that temple turning the table thing. He does that right before he's, that's kind of the last straw that people are like, okay, we got to get rid of this guy. And so they encourage people to, to do something to kind of flip the tables uh, on mm. Monday. And I was like, that is really cool. I've never heard that before.
2: So I think we
1: should we should um, incorporate that here. Thanks to the people of Galileo Church. (laughs) Okay.
0: Nice. No, I think it's perfectly uh, fine to talk about um, the whole thing, the Holy Week, and you know Easter because it's. There's just so many millions of interpretations. I think everybody understands that. Yeah. Well, not everybody. Anyway, Jesus was crucified on that Friday and resurrected, you know, on the Sunday, Easter Sunday. But what that actually means can be really elusive in the sense that you get told things like he died for your sins, the blood washes away bad things and so on. But that is super esoteric and it's like, what, what, what does that mean for me now? Why, why do I bother with this now? I don't understand. So. Well, and
1: then that's based on a really old, I mean it goes all the way back to, well, what problem are we solving here? And the problem is that of original sin that we're born just awful and bad and sinful and we can't get ourselves out of it. And so therefore Jesus comes to, you know, sort of fill in that equation and do what we can't do for ourselves and so when you start to say wait a second i i'm not sure that makes sense then you're also saying i'm not sure that that you know we're born awful and simple makes sense either once you start to question and i would say rightfully question um part of that equation the whole thing falls apart pretty fast and unfortunately sometimes people say okay well then the whole thing must be nothing so isn't that part isn't that part of what this podcast is is saying Um, these traditions can have real life and meaning apart from the kind of restrictive traditional interpretation they've had. And we don't have to just go with either you stick with the tradition or you throw the whole thing out. Like, where is the the third way? I think the reason that Jesus dies, the meaning of his death is actually a huge theological problem for a lot of people. And also Mm -hmm. a reason that a lot of people say, I can't get on board with that. So you're right. telling me that I'm an awful thing. I'm an awful right. human, and then this angry God demands a sacrifice the because blood I'm awful. Of a son, yeah, and yeah. like I'm out, I'm out.
0: Sounds pretty <laughs> revengeful, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, rethinking that is very significant. I mean, for me, as I said earlier, the the meaning of it is we are all going to find ourselves in a painful, awful situations that we cannot solve we cannot figure out and we will feel completely alone. And to know that God knows what that's like. I mean, not just intellectually or whatever that means for God, but like in the flesh, God knows what it's like for your friends to leave you (laughs) for Mm -hmm. no one to understand for you to physically suffer, be hungry and thirsty and hurt, um, and be afraid, um, and want everything to be different. I mean, that, that kind of solidarity, I think is really powerful.
0: Yeah. There were, somebody had said, you know, you don't know necessarily when you're younger, but your life will be punctuated by tragedy. And whatever mm-hmm. that is for you, life is hard and mm-hmm. it will be punctuated by, by tragedies of all kinds. Yep. Um, and to feel that this is known before someone has had tragedy. It's again, that that path, that way that how do I get through this? How do I maneuver yep. through? Yeah, Danielle, were you going to say something?
2: I, I kind of, when I look at the church calendar in a lot of ways, I think it's a, it, it takes, it helps keep us honest in some ways. What I mean by that is like, all of us have the things we feel the most comfortable talking about and church leadership is like no exception. And if there were no pattern and no days where we talked about certain things, I think lots of churches would not discuss things that their leadership just felt less comfortable talking about or they had other things that they gravitate towards. Mm. And the church calendar helps us address these hard things and also these happy things and helps us address things that people in the congregation need to hear about and and crave and want and it pushes us outside of what we what the patterns that we would usually fall into. So once a year, if you're in a dark place, you know there's gonna be a time of Ash Wednesday if that's what, what you crave and you need. It does, we and we get the joyous celebration on Easter. So some deeply, deeply depressed pastor is forced to give a very happy sermon at least once a year. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's probably a little cynical of me to be like, listen, this way the churches have to talk about what people want them to talk about. But I do think we fall into patterns and the church calendar helps us keep those patterns moving instead of us narrowing our little piece of of the spiritual pie to... What we're best at.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, well, and mm-hmm. I, you know, one thing that has occurred to me this year too is so that two years ago it was Lent when everything shut down, you know, for COVID. We just had started Lent. So for a lot of people in our congregation, Ash Wednesday of 2020 was the last like normal worship service they went to. We had the banners up, you know, every season has a color and all that. So we had all banners up. We had this whole art project we were going to work on through the season and it just shut down. The Lenten stuff stayed in the sanctuary. Those banners and all that stayed in the sanctuary for like a year, because wow. nobody was in there, and so we were filming things and doing stuff in there. But we, but you did, you know, but it was like life just stopped. And I thought, well, if you're going to stop life it, because of a pandemic, it 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 an eternal Lent is what it felt like. It just yes. felt like it just went on and on and on, and all we. All we constantly did was think about our mortality all the time. (laughs) And so I also was like, boy, like many things in the last two years, these traditions have taken on other meanings that they hadn't had for me before connecting to this experience. Like we used all kinds of metaphors from Lent. We talked about what it feels like to be in the wilderness for a long time. Mm -hmm. We talked about how um, God promises to guide us even. I mean, so- it's beautiful the way, too, that these traditions, we, we do them over and over and over and over and over. And then all of a sudden, It's are like, Oh, this oh, is oh, why. This is this why was we've been what doing this is this. About. We've been practicing right. this so that when it all came apart at the seams, we would have language to talk about it with. And I actually do think, along with what you're saying, Danielle, that the part of the beauty of these traditions, too, is, do you need Lent this year? I don't know, maybe you don't, but...
0: Someday you will, and right? And just, it's at a personal level, yeah, and At a societal a level, level, right? Yep, and, and at a corporate level, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And and so sometimes, like with you know, lots of things in life, you don't need everything you do all the time. But if you keep doing these habits, they'll come a day
2: when you're like, oh, "That's why I've been doing that." You know, mm-hmm. that's why because now I now I need it. The, the, those Lenten decorations were all up, and then we kind of added. We 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 recorded. Uh, Advent messages and Christmas messages. So there got to be all this like kind of this pile up of all of our leftover stuff from all of the church here. And it was just kind of to the side. It was just just out of frame. We would just mm. push it away and not move it. The big day we had to clear it all out was to get ready for um, our Senior Quilt Sunday. So a group of graduating seniors were our first group back into the sanctuary for our first worship service in person. And we finally got rid of all that Lent and Ash Wednesday decoration, reminders, all of that in order to celebrate children growing up and moving forward and starting this exciting new time in their lives. And it just felt so fitting. We had this sunny, warm day with happy families and young people, and it just felt like we were coming out of Lent. It felt like an Easter celebration after a very, very, very long (laughs) Lent.
1: Yes. It it was like a, it was like the church year had exploded in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was cleaned up and I found things I couldn't, I was like, I found a beret. Why is there a beret?
0: Um, it was just a collection of things. Um, yeah. I'm just reading up a little bit here, and I was looking at uh, some reward of Lent, and you know, the the saying is that Christians who observe Lent correctly, which I whatever that means, anticipate deeper intimacy with God, which is the blessing. I'm not basically not expecting rewards in general. Just it's a it's a time to give. It's a giving time and that can be giving in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be physical things, you know, give oftentimes giving your spirit. I have found that when I've been back with friends recently, you know, reconnecting with people, giving my ears and giving my time to them is really, really important. People have a lot to unload. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a lot to unload and, um, you know, it can be fatiguing. And that's something that's a little bit of a sacrifice to, you know, give in that way and then receive receive that too. Yeah, there are people who don't, or another way of approaching Lent is not, besides
1: giving something up, is to, is to kind of refocus your time or add a practice, you know, do something that you haven't normally done try in that way to connect with god
0: isn't it that they say if you do something for 21 days it becomes a habit habit and so on Mm -hmm. so maybe you know if you even half the time in lent you can create a new habit of some kind um i was going to wrap it up here is there anything else pastor katie you want to your research brings us to you know somebody asked me um
1: one of the confirmation kids uh asked um their parents who asked me, why do we have midweek Wednesday services during Lent? Why do, who started that? So if anyone knows, let me know. I don't know. Um, I told, I told this person, I'm like, I really don't know. we just always done it that way. Uh, we often have soup, you know, in pre COVID days um, we would have soup mm-hmm. and then in the short worship service, I think it's that, that again, kind of that connected to Ash Wednesday and marking those Wednesdays of Lent. But that's one of my favorite traditions to have it. I love evening services anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Something about being in the church building in the dark with candles and For me, that's one of the beauties of Lent is adding that midweek service. It's very simple. It's very, uh, it doesn't require a ton of prep for me. So I I feel like I can worship more in those moments too. And and, uh, so, you know, that's just something Mm -hmm. to consider. There's all kinds of Christian traditions that have some kind of midweek worship moment too and Mm -hmm. something people can connect to.
0: Yeah. And I encourage people who are listening. um, We we talk a lot about, you know, finding the place for you, a place that makes sense for you. And one of the things that I found whenever I find a church and I'm like, oh, this feels good to me. It's the fact that I can walk in there when it's open and just feel like I'm not going to be asked for money. I'm not going to be harassed in any way. I can maybe just sit there. And I remember doing that in Catholic churches all over Europe when I was, um, you know, studying in France and I would just go and sit and you're kind of, it's like one, it's, there's not many places where you can just sit and not have anybody talk to you or want anything from you. You mm-hmm. know, there's no demands there. So I do, um, even though we're not like proselytizing, go to church here, I do encourage finding that space for yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty special. So thanks, uh, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Pastor Katie, for being yeah, with us. Yeah, thank and, you. And um, we'll hopefully get this up before Easter. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll do our um, best. <laughs> I love the fact that everybody's listening. And please like us or star us on whatever podcast platform you're on so that other people can find us. Um, have a great Lenten season and happy Easter. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye.